Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, you boot bitches, heel whores, and sneaker sluts? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Oh, those were fun ones, huh? I like those. Those were those were cute. What's going on? How you doing? Welcome back to the show. If you're unfamiliar with my program, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, I have not hooked up with this week's guest. Everyone, slow your rolls, okay? This week, I've got on foot fetish queen of New York City, Becky Berardi, uh, the the star of the Badass Becky Show, and I really can't wait to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people, show dates, all right. Right now, all I got to share with you is uh, January 23rd, I'm going to be at Jekyll and Hyde here in New York City. So that's going to be at 8 p.m. And then January 31st, we got another Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout. Yes, uh, I like to spend the last Wednesday of every month, take an hour out of my time to hang out with y'all on the good old Facebook Live. Uh, I'll be doing that at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, just head, go ahead and go to the Man Whore Podcast fan page. Click the like button uh, so that you don't miss out on the fun. Becky Berardi, who runs these big foot fetish boutiques, uh, these parties here in New York City. She also creates a lot of amazing sex positive, uh, educational, entertaining content on YouTube, on her YouTube channel, which uh, you'll see a link in the show notes. And I'm going to share with you all in a bit. But first, I want to get to your emails. I've got some interesting emails, some disagreeable emails this week. Ooh, a little contentious. Uh, This first one. Kind of has to do with a theme of this week's show, which is boundaries and the boundaries between content creators and their listeners. I think you'll get an idea once I read the email. Okay. This one comes from Ivan. He says, hey, man, I just want to say that you are my favorite person right now. I started listening to your channel about a week ago, and I'm currently on episode 28. I cannot wait to catch up on your latest pods. At the moment, I'm at a reset stage in my life professionally, personally, and sexually. Everything is not going quite the way it was planned, or at least the way I have thought it would have been, and your podcast channel is a huge help to make me feel better on this rough cycle that I'm going through. I have temporarily created a little world on my own at the moment to focus on my self-improvement. I'm a living hermit. I'm currently missing out on a lot of things in my life, such as family gatherings, social parties with friends, even dating. I'm depressed, but I'm aware of it. Aw, how sweet so far. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's let this take a less sweet turn. Uh, dude, you and your sluts are amazing so far. If you only knew how hard I laugh on most of your episodes, most times I feel like I'm not depressed anymore. Your channel is my happy pill. I really want to creep out on your social media accounts to put a face not only to you, but also to your sluts, especially my favorites like Amanda Keeps, Mistress J, and the two Chlamydia Cougars slash Bareback Sluts on one of your earlier episodes. But I want to maintain the mystery that keeps me interested in your channel, a faceless Billy with your faceless sluts. Just your slutty encounters and your kinky adventures is all I need. Stay slutty, brother. Have a good day. 
Eep, Ivan, hey, ooh, awkward. Um, First, let me say, I'm glad you found the show. But dude, we got to talk. Let's, uh, let's be careful not to call them my sluts. A, they're not mine. I don't own them. You know, uh, I'm not running a harem of bitches over here. And B, not all of them may call themselves sluts. It's one of those words where, like, it's fine if we say it about ourselves, but not cool for you to sign the title to others. You know, please refrain from calling women you don't know. I, I can't believe I'm, I'm even saying this. Please don't call women you don't know bareback sluts. Also, please don't call women you know in general bareback sluts. That's, um, you know, that's a really specific one, really reserved only for women who call themselves that in a Craigslist post. I actually don't even really know who, which guests you're referring to when you say that, but that's not fucking cool, dude. That's not respectful. And if you understand what the show is about, you know, I wouldn't think that's very rad. And and seriously, what the fuck is a chlamydia cougar? You need to check yourself hard. As for the social media browsing, you won't really see my past partners on social media. They are for the most part, anonymous you don't get to see them unless they want you to and some you know and some change their names just to ensure that yes once in a blue moon someone lets me post a sexy picture privately on patreon but overall those past partners will remain egg avatars as far as you're concerned you're not entitled to know what they look like stop that but I would appreciate if you would follow my social media when you you know stop being such a shithead. Hey, all right. Then you can continue your penance by joining the fan whore community on Patreon. And uh, to this dude's credit, he did grovel in a response email and also put some money down on Patreon as a way of saying sorry. And he also said, you know, thanks for the feedback. My choice of words on my previous email were classless and disrespectful towards the opposite sex. My apologies. It wasn't my intention to insult the women of your sexual past. I was just trying to be a little funny, but I failed. That's why I'm not a comedian. All right. Uh, next, next email comes from Kelsey. She says, hey, Billy, my name is Kelsey, and I recently stumbled upon your podcast approximately a month and a half ago. Since then, it's all I listen to. On my commute to and from work, anytime I have some time alone at home, in the shower... When I'm cooking dinner, I'm slightly obsessed with this incredibly entertaining, informative, and inspiring podcast. Before I go any further, allow me to say that I do hail from the ultra-conservative, ridiculously close-minded southern state of Tennessee. So believe me when I say that my mostly liberal views and ideas are looked at with distaste by most people who live here with me. But please know that not all southerners are backward, non-adaptive imbeciles. I promise. I just finished episode 80 of your podcast, the one defining all the sexual labels that included fucking zucchini. Now, as I just mentioned, I am from the Bible Belt. Sex before marriage is still deemed a hellbound sin here. So absolutely no one, even including my own liberal self, has ever heard of a demisexual or calling someone a goddamn zucchini just because you're too pretentious to say that they're your friend. I'm more than sure you've received an overabundance of flack due to that episode's intro and outro, but your so-called rants 
over that issue had me audibly cheering out loud in my car. I could not be more on your side about that topic. As I've already said, I do consider myself a more progressive and open-minded person, especially for the area I'm living in. But for fuck's sake, not every motherfucker in this damn country needs a fucking label. The mouth on this broad, right, people? Hey, okay. Just as you kept saying in that episode, so many of these new labels we're all hearing about are nothing more than personal preferences. But the kind of people who need this incessant barrage of titles to feel good about themselves are the exact same kind of people who not only cheer for, but also demand the pussification of society. They're expecting the world to change just so they can feel a sense of acceptance rather than merely loving and accepting themselves, along with accepting what differs from their beliefs and the diversity our world is supposed to have in it. I'm all for equality. Again, I'm a young 24-year-old woman in the South here. I know firsthand that equality is still quite a foreign concept in some areas. But I adored your idea that we're becoming too inclusive. Eep, I don't know if I ever said that sentence, but hey, okay. Um, Maybe because I prefer to wear purple or red lingerie, I should start saying I'm red-violet sexual. Or could I say that anyone who doesn't share my interest in wearing matching sets of underwear is a matchophobic? Where the hell does this shit end? I guess technically by the definition defined in the episode, I could identify as both demi and sapiosexual, but I would never be pretentious enough to use those terms. Instead, I would simply use my words and say, you're too stupid for me to fuck. There, end of discussion. Tend this rant of my own, I'm only on episode 81 now. I have no idea what has come of this issue or if your ideas are still the same. I don't even know if you still read these emails, but if you do, please know that you have at least one person perfectly on board with the ideas you expressed in the episode, even if I am in the oppressed South. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for still having some balls in a very pussified and castrated world. Ooh, Kelsey, hey, hi, girl. Uh awkward uh first off i'm glad you've discovered and are enjoying the podcast seems like you still got over 100 episodes to go so enjoy that binge and this will be one hell of a delight for you when you get to this one like president obama on same-sex marriage i have also evolved on the issue of labels and identity (laughs) there are two things going on here i think and I'm just some comedian with a fuck show, so take what I say with a truckload of salt. There's the issue of community that really turned me around on this. I recorded episode 80 at the age of 26 and still didn't know a lot about what I was doing. I'd been going to Hacienda about a year, met only a handful of they-identifying people, and still didn't understand the desire for labels. Of course not, right? Like, I'm a straight white guy. I've arguably got the best labels. I've since thought about how I identify and how I ask people to refer to me. I'm a comedian. I'm a sex podcaster. I'm an asshole. These are labels. Just like avid runner, Doctor Who fan, and wine enthusiast. With these labels come communities. And if you move to a new city and miss your hometown board game group, a passion not understood by most people, you can go to meup.com and find a new one. You can seek out like-minded individuals who understand your love of 12-sided dice and the teasing one might have faced growing up talking about elf magic. From what I've learned over the years, the same goes for sex-related labels. 
Queer people have struggled to feel a part of something for forever. Discovering other trans people makes you feel not alone. Discovering other bisexuals, pansexuals, asexuals allows you to know you're not broken. As someone bullied mercilessly simply for being who I was, I can get that. When I went to Hacienda for the first time, I finally felt like I was amongst like-minded people. For a long time, I felt weird and other for you know feeling how I did about sex, dating, and love. Not everyone can find that as immediately in their neighborhood. Sometimes you have to seek out your community online. Places like Tumblr have allowed this. And that's awesome. If some kid in Nebraska can feel comfortable with themselves after realizing they're kinky or genderqueer or gay and finding those same people online, that's fucking great. Communities don't just have to be around your demographic breakdown. You can be searching for those with a similar way of thinking, a way of fucking, a way of loving. Demisexual is essentially not being slutty. They want an emotional connection before banging. Uh, Actually, off air, I got Bauer from Aces NYC to admit to me that if casual sex were not so normalized, that the term demisexual wouldn't be necessary. Demis feel excluded in a progressively more sex-positive culture where healthy, fun, casual sex is becoming more permissible. It used to be that that was the outlier, right? And everyone else's actions, or at least their public-facing actions, resemble demisexuality. So some college kid growing up today hearing everyone talk about how much they love sex and how much sex is great, about you know all this having no strings attached casual sex with their history professor, you know, that kid hearing that may feel like a weirdo because they don't love random, pleasurable, meaningless sex. But they like sex with partners they're emotionally attached to. That could certainly be confusing. Finding a community of people online or in real life who also feel this way may bring some comfort to that college kid during an otherwise confusing period of one's sexual life. So I'm not against the label demisexual as an identity through which to find one's people. In the same way, we don't roll our eyes at a pencil aficionado finding the quarterly pencil convention and making friends with other pencil heads because their partner, family, and friends do not really understand the thrill of a a fine, sharpened number three pencil. Even if you do roll your eyes, it's dope as fuck that they found their tribe. There's also the issue of protected identity classes. I still do not think that demisexual or a furry or a sociosexual unrestricted person, which is like a very fancy way of saying slut, is a protected class of person. I don't think it is an orientation we need to treat with the same severity as lesbians, gays, bisexuals, pansexuals, or, you know, all the genders. And maybe I'm just stubborn and wrong. Lord knows that might be the case. Uh, But for now, I'm kind of like, I've got more serious social justice issues I'm concerned about. I no longer think that these labels are something people hide behind or are obsessed with. Surely there are some who throw all their weight into a label. We know those people. And, but sometimes we do that because we've been so alone for so long. Sometimes it's out of enthusiasm for something new to our lives that we eventually fall out of love with. Sometimes it's just another pit stop in you know, the journey of figuring out who the fuck we are and what our relationship is with these other walking bags of meat on the planet. I don't begrudge someone using a label if they need it. But everyone doesn't get a march, (laughs) and I'm allowed to think some of it is silly. 
but I should still call them the thing they want, and I roll my eyes if I must. I will call you demisexual if you tell me that's how you feel. I just don't have to believe it's some true, legally protected sexual orientation while I do it. And uh, and that might make me a bigot in the year 2038. Time will tell. Why the fuck should someone else's search for community piss me off so badly or say cause one to write a long email to a sex podcaster? My mental energy can probably be put to better use. No matter how liberal I claim to be, I can usually be a little better as the benchmark for better is raised. So enjoy enjoy that one, Kelsey, when, when you get to this one months or a year or so from now. All right. Heavy stuff. Look! Look! I'm looking over at uh, at someone on my bed right now. Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> oh God! I'm seeing nervous laughter. Looks like I didn't do too good. Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. Oh, the email's a big stinker. I'm getting a mostly thumbs up, which honestly is all we need from everybody. If we get a mostly thumbs up for everybody, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, and honestly, I prefer my hard-ons to be at a 45-degree angle, so, you know, that's perfect for me. There'll be more about the voice, you know, on that you just heard maybe next week. We'll see. Um, so this week's episode with Becky Berardi. Hey, everyone, still listening. Great. We talk about a lot of great stuff. Obviously, we're talking about foot fetishes. Oh, boy. But a topic I don't think I've ever covered on this show before is we talk about boundaries as content creators. Becky runs a a successful YouTube channel uh, with all these different shows. Um, It's really great. And we've both had our various types of interactions with, we'll say, over-enthusiastic fans. Sometimes people in caught up in their enthusiasm don't realize the boundaries that exist um, and should exist. At least when you first contact a person on the internet that you listen to every week whom you don't really know, or I should rephrase, who doesn't know you. And, you know, I've actually developed some fantastic friendships over the years from doing this podcast with listeners. You know, uh, I think Becky called them fan friendships. And she talks about like uh, a particular one of hers during the sh- during the recording. And I certainly have mine. I have people who I've grown to become super incredibly close with. Some have become um, lovers of mine. Some have become just very dear friends. Some of them have just become really awesome email buddies. You don't get that right off the bat. I've had listeners not really respect my boundaries. And I know as like a dude, I'm definitely getting the bare minimum amount of this. As opposed to, like, say, a lot of female comedian friends of mine who who have the gall to, I don't know, exist. Before I sat down to record, I, I tried to write down what I'm personally okay with and, you know, what I'm not okay with. It's like, okay, I'm not okay with random men DMing me on Instagram asking for nudes. At, at least without offering me some money. Um, oh, uh, but I am okay with them sending dick pics. So long as they have the podcast name written on their cock because my sexual orientation is my name on stuff. I am okay with unsolicited compliments. Okay, cool. Finding my boundaries. 
but I am not okay with come-ons that assume I've said yes to a sexual interaction before they even ask me. Look, there's a polite and respectful way to, to talk to me. There are creepy ways to talk to me. For the most part, by the way, everyone is fucking awesome. I just, like a lot, if, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh my God, is this about me? Most likely not, but there is a chance I am. You know, some people like Ivan wanting to see quote unquote, my sluts get carried away with their excitement. And I'm not trying to be a snob or act like I'm better than anyone. I I mean, I've met up with listeners for drinks in New York City multiple times. These people were polite when they reached out. If my schedule allowed for it, I met up with them. If I couldn't meet up, they didn't get all pissy and angry at me for it. And some of them have become regular acquaintances. Some even offer sex for some reason. I think some assume because I'm like this man whore guy that I automatically want to bang whoever asks. Not the case. But a straightforward solicitation that gives me the option to say no thank you without fear of retribution is, at least for me, Billy Presida, more than acceptable. I actually want to read uh, to you an email of a great example of respecting my boundaries and very plainly hitting on me. Uh, And this was someone who I agreed to meet up for, for like lunch. I think we were going to go grab pizza or something. So we, this is a stranger who I've never met, who I had plans to meet with for like an hour or so. And then she took it a next level above, but she didn't make it weird or creepy. Uh, She said, Hey Billy. So I have to throw it out there. Because I'm too much of a gutless wonder to say this in person, but one of the things I've tried to do since my divorce is expand upon my sexual repertoire, which was, and still is, to say, a bit limited. Love to read about freaky sex, but never gained the communicative courage needed to explore it much. One of the things I frankly never even knew was a real thing beyond the pages of Dan Savage was rimming. I've never done it. I've had it done to me, and it was surprisingly awesome. Taking the initiative to do it is definitely outside of my comfort zone. But if you would be interested in being a willing teacher, I promise I would be an enthusiastic student. But if rim jobs from a fan whore, especially a novice, make you uncomfortable, I understand. Feel free to pretend I didn't send this. Your devoted fan whore, name redacted. And see, that's a great example. Like, that's, that's in a way, how to do it. Because if you notice... She's offering, uh, but she also gives me this place to say no where I can ignore the email entirely and everything's going to be fine. For me, that's acceptable. And of course, everyone has their own boundaries. Uh, One more thing, and this one's important. I am not, okay, I am not okay with someone hunting down and contacting my partners. That is a big fucking overstep. Don't do that. It, It freaks them out and it freaks me out. And it honestly makes me never want to meet you in real life. My partners or girlfriends or exes, unless they say otherwise, have not asked for you to contact them. They have not asked for private messages. You you know who has asked for private messages? Me. They have not asked to be in the public eye. I have. Respect that. You got a comment about them? Well... There's a comment section for that. And I'm not saying don't interact with me. 
you all know a lot about me, which is fucking awesome, right? It's it's developed to become this this thing that y'all enjoy each week. But remember, when you reach out to me or any creator you enjoy, we don't know you. And your enthusiasm is so beautiful and warm and awesome. And like, it just warms my heart, but expressed the wrong way. That can be scary or creepy or intimidating. And I, and I love hearing from you. I really do mean it. Waking up to emails from you, waking up to your retweets, waking up to a new pledge on Patreon, waking up to messages. It's my favorite part of the day. My favorite. Send pictures, send artwork, send tweets. Say nice things, share your stories, and let me get to know you. Your excitement and investment is why we're celebrating 200 episodes in a few weeks. I love you all, but just, you know, remember, boundaries. Um, I don't, I don't know, that might have been a little bit clunky, but just something that was, you know, we, we cover it more in the episode. If you thought that was clunky, wait till you hear my take on it later in the show. It's like seven different sentences I start and never finish. It's really bad. So I thought I'd say something up top. The ultimate message is you're all fucking awesome. Please be awesome in like a cool way. You know? I'm being laughed at again by the person in the bed next to me. Now this week's guest, Becky Berardi, foot fetish queen of New York City. Uh, I think uh, she also refers to herself as the foot girl next door which is beautiful. Uh, really cool, really cool woman. Does a lot of great stuff. We're talking a lot about the feats. So like, you know, kick your shoes off and relax and let's talk about foot fetishes with Becky Berardi. Lou, Lou, Lou. Yeah, and just say some things for me. Test, test, one, two. This is where I pretend I know how levels Ooh, work. Billy. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> Glad we could finally get you on here. I'm excited to be here. Yes. With you. We're we're both barefoot right we're now. We're both barefoot. We're gonna keep in theme uh with with you as a guest. As a is a how would you describe uh your profession when someone asks you like on the street? What do I do when they say hi? What is it that you do? Yeah, but when you have to like narrow it down to more of a noun rather than mm-hmm. the full explanation. Yeah. Um typically what I say before anything is hi, I'm Becky Berardi, obviously. (laughs) Um, And then from there, I tell them I'm most well known for a YouTube show called The Badass Becky Show, Mm -hmm. which is a sex positive alternative variety lifestyle show. Mm -hmm. So you keep the feet out of the initial thing. You let them discover the feet thing later. I let them uh, discover that on their own a little bit. Um, You know, if I happen to have open toe shoes on or nice heels and someone compliments me on my feet, I will definitely bring that up as well. You're like, uh, is he just complimenting me or is this a potential client? You know, Uh, it's both. (laughs) Yeah, it could be both, (laughs) depending on where that conversation goes. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, in certain context, uh, that's my most broad explanation of what I do uh, for the every man on the street, Um, Mm. depending on who else I might speak to. I definitely would narrow it down to, yeah, the foot queen of NYC, the basil redhead NYC, uh, your favorite foot girl next door. uh, (laughs) Foot girl next door. Love it. Love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, So do you also, on top of doing the show on YouTube, you also do like foot fetish parties? Right? Uh, or did not you necessarily used to? parties. Uh, there's a dis- yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. There's a I don't know the legalese, the legalese that you have to say. <laughs> well, it's okay. Unless you're really uh, 
on the scene, uh, you might not know the the difference. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of foot fetish parties similar to kink parties and fetish parties that are that are happening all around the world. Um, but instead of a a traditional party where just anyone can come and we're not serving drinks and girls might be milling around ready to have you worship their sexy feet, uh, we do more of a boutique approach. So we do private one on one sessions booked by reservation, mm-hmm. curated by me. Um, so I could help set you up. Say if you loved high arches and sexy toes um, with a tall brunette, I could absolutely arrange that for you. I like my feet covered and not in my mouth. That's, that's oh. usually how I like the feet to be. Okay, perfect. <laughs> good to know. That's, that's good to know about you. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those fetishes where I go like, I, you know, like you do you, boo-boo, but I'm like, oh no, I just I just think about where the feet, I feel, you know what it is? I think about where my feet have been. Well, that's, I mean, that's fair because- you know, your feet are pretty utilitarian. You're walking around on right. them all day. They're straight out of a shoe or all day walking around New York City. Mm, maybe not the cleanest thing, but you'd be surprised. Most foot fetishists really prefer, you know, clean, lovely smelling, straight from the shower, so to speak, mm-hmm. feet. But there are a lot of people, too, that want dirty or smelly. It really kind of runs the gamut. The umbrella is so wide when it comes to foot fetishism. Sure. Yeah. Well, do you have other body parts that you are get? into in your personal life like is feet the day job but like really at night you're into the armpits uh you know what i don't have some sort of secret kink uh that has been hidden from my fans or anything like Mm -hmm. that um i mean as a bisexual woman i definitely you know love getting in there Mm -hmm. um and uh enjoying those lady parts uh that's for sure um but uh beyond that no i'm pretty pretty outright with everything else that I'm interested in. I love incorporating foot play regardless. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, it's funny, uh, similar to a lot of the, the kinky women and women in the fetish industry that I have on my show, we always ask them the question like, so you're in this world, you you know, you're all wild and crazy, you're all out there. So your personal life must be insane, right? Like you're just like nope. whips, chains, handcuffs all the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like some bondage. I like some group play. I like going to parties and things like that. Mm. But beyond that, I mean, I'm pretty pretty normal yeah yeah like a little rocky road maybe a little cookies and cream but nothing like <laughs> maybe a little insane. neapolitan or something yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's all clean cut but they all have their time and place uh in the carton exactly. Yeah. exactly it's uh it's so weird when people when you're in like professionally a sex person mm-hmm. of some sort or sexual person mm-hmm. that people just assume like you must have the kinkiest fucking lifestyle it is a it is a pretty common assumption right like yeah. you know man who are podcasts they think like i'm fucking all the time and having the weirdest sex possible that's what i thought about you when i first yeah. heard about you too yeah i was like oh this guy must have like a list 500 long of chicks he's just been banging on a on the regular yeah i, I think people may think that when they hear but i don't have on the album artwork like what i look like right <laughs> And maybe expectations would drop just a little bit. They might get a little more realistic if they saw what I look like. There's like, there's no abs here. I don't know, Billy. Don't sell yourself short, you know? (laughs) We were talking about the Bushwick type of man earlier. I mean, there's lots of ladies out there that are going after that these days. Yeah, going after that that dad bod thing. Yeah. The type of guy who like, he looks like he just lost 30 pounds but isn't done yet. That's... He's got a project. Yeah, like my body type is orgy alternate is usually how (laughs) I refer to it. Orgy alternate. That's perfect. You should include that in your FetLife profile. Uh, Maybe. I don't have a FetLife profile. Really? Yeah. Everyone's so shocked that I don't have a FetLife profile. I'm shocked you don't have a FetLife. Are you on OkCupid instead? No. I don't really. (laughs) I I am the weirdest online dater in that I don't really. Like Mm -hmm. I have Tinder and Bumble. Uh Uh-huh. And then I get some fun alternative sex stuff from like Reddit and Craigslist. 
And that's about it. The rest yeah. of it I meet in person. Like my current girlfriend I met in person. Okay. My last girlfriend I met at a sex party. I uh, think that's a good way to go though. You know, I think the the online dating can become almost like a rabbit hole at times. And you never really know who you're talking to necessarily. You never know what the person's going to look like when you show mm. up on the first date necessarily. I know that just from casting. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. the amount of people that I've tried to cast for the show um, and girls from my boutique, it's funny the pictures that they send online versus who walks through the door sometimes. You can also just find yourself in that rabbit hole of just you never get out because you keep looking through there's always yes. more headshots there's always more you know what it almost sparks that um release of endorphins and, and dopamine in your uh-huh. brain of kind of like i can do more i can do more oh this person liked me so that whole like weird kind of messed up social media trigger you're, you're always ready to trade up yeah right always ready to trade there's up there's always another option but is someone trading you up Pro- oh definitely oh. i mean me personally oh for sure uh <laughs> Like, there's a lot of people who are like, this guy's great until I find something better. Aw, <laughs> you and your dad bod. You and my, me and my dad bod. Um, <laughs> so how do you even get into foot fetish stuff? Like, the, how, how the do you even get Because is it, is it your personal fetish mm-hmm. or is it just something that, you know, you did one thing, you answer one Craigslist ad and then you realize I can do way better by running the show and, <laughs> and it evolves from like there. Like any good entrepreneur, you mean? Yeah, well, because, yeah. you know, you meet like a pro dominatrix who maybe in her private life is actually a super subby person, right? right? Like not everyone who professionally does the whatever their sex thing professionally isn't mm-hmm. with their private life. No, that's a very, that's a very good point and, and oftentimes true. Um, for me personally, this all kind of like – it was almost where I am now is almost like the perfect combination of serendipity meeting uh, a combination of professional and personal life blending together. Really a bunch of magic is mm-hmm. what it comes down to. So in high school, I had this boyfriend, um, my very first boyfriend in high school, and uh, we were doing what high schoolers do, which is having sex all the time. And uh, I, I guess that's what you was doing in high school. That's what I was doing. I in was high busy, school. I was I busy writing love poetry. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> That. Yeah, and not getting laid. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I was I was not on that part of it. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so we were adventurous and exploratory and he was the one that actually broached the subject to me Uh. of you know wanting to kind of incorporate foot play and suck on my toes and things like that. And to be honest, I that's something I had never really heard of or but I was sure that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um it felt awesome. I loved it. Um it was something that I was requesting on a regular basis yeah. as part of our our fun times together. Um and then it kind of from there got incorporated into my, you know, personal kink and sex life. Um but then I kind of graduated to something different uh in college. I attended a couple of fetish parties and and foot play parties and things like that. Oh, just casually. Answering a Craigslist ad. Oh, go- <laughs> Wait, you were going to the fetish parties as a as a event goer as like a worker? Uh, as a model. As a model. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did a couple of those. Not very many. Um, because kind of what you said, I, I very quickly was like, I can do this so much better on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so dabbled in that. Um, I also parts modeled for a long time. And so as I was a professional shoe model and foot model. What <laughs> Had about? Had an agent for my feet. Um, a parts model. That's what yeah, they call it? the parts model. Talk about objectifying a human being. I know, right? You're, down to the body part. You're not a person. Part. You're a part. Yeah. yeah. You're an ankle. That's you're it. An- yeah. What God, about my face? Well, just thank ankle. God I had the whole foot. You well, know, you've got the whole, you've got the whole package. You've got <laughs> yeah. 
you've got all the parts. You can model each one individually or the whole body. Like you can do well, thank all you very the much. things. Thank yeah. you very much. So I was doing that. Um, and then to be honest, I spent most of my time in college um, pursuing a career, learning the film industry mm. and uh, the entertainment world came out of that. And like I said before, this perfect storm combination kind of came about uh, where I got introduced through mutual friends to the guy that's now my executive producer. Mm. Um, we were both at a place. Yeah, uh, we were both at a place in, in our careers where, you know, he was working on individual projects. I was working on individual projects. We kind of came together um, to initially create uh, a feature film. And from that, uh, we got so much feedback on this trailer we made for this one specific part uh, featuring my feet right. that uh, we focused in a lot on the importance of building an audience. And my personal involvement in the fetish world, my involvement in foot fetish, um, our talents combined, we decided to really kind of do something interesting and risky, which is uh, create an audience based on this grassroots campaign. To Grassroots campaign? Yes, yes. We created a grassroots campaign all around my feet. The Bernie Sanders of the fetish world? The Bernie Sanders <laughs> of the fetish world. That's exactly right, yes. Um, and so what we did was we created a voice for this community, this community that I was familiar with, mm. um, who for a long time and everything that I knew about them felt misunderstood. There were so many people that would, you know, like fetish and like in fetish and kink that don't feel confident in who they are. So we gave them a voice. We gave them an advocate in me. We gave them really fun, flirty, super creative content um, and built, like I said, in this grassroots way, this amazing organic fan base that became, I mean, they are our ride or dies and wow. um, we love them so much. I adore them. Um, and from there, like I said, it's, yeah, it's all from this combination of my own personal interests, mashing with professional, mash, mashing up with the meeting the perfect partner at the right time and, mm. and going from there. Um, and then since, since then, uh, we've graduated from obviously just a YouTube show into a full business enterprise because why stop right 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 yeah <laughs> why stop um and fans wanted more access real housewives were like we can spin this off a lot of times <laughs> on and on and on yeah. so um yeah from there we basically this notion of well we want to keep making content we want to keep connecting with fans mm. but that requires money obviously sure. so uh we once again really flipped something on its head we did something risky um and what we did is instead of doing a traditional crowdfunding campaign like you know everyone does now kickstarter and all that stuff um we decided we need to create something sustainable that's going to constantly be fueling the production cost of this mm. business and and this show and so we launched a membership website and then from there now we've graduated all the way to we have becky's boutique in new york city which does foot fetish sessions like we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier uh we have a clips for sales store we have merch we do worn wear we have uh a really worn wear is that the, the 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 official term for just like i'm selling my panties and my socks online that is the official term okay yes. worn Actually, wear. for some reason you know what's so funny though is that that's a term um that we started using as a hashtag and um and uh when we started using it as the hashtag on Instagram, my executive producer got this letter from Patagonia, the uh, the fashion uh, brand. Right, yeah. Yeah. And um, unbeknownst to us, they actually have a whole section on their website for uh, merchandise called Wear, But it's not the kind of worn wear we're talking about. <laughs> it's not that kind of worn wear. It's for gently worn um, and used items of people that want to, you know, buy new 
hiking boots or whatever they want. Just imagine the turns. dudes emailing, being like, hey, we need a heavily worn. That's we want what, well, more what worn. They, they sent us this letter saying, you have to stop because you're confusing our market. They think that we're selling smelly shoes for fetishists and socks and nylons. And um, they're like, no, we're just selling lightly used hiking boots. Please stop. We did not stop. We just kept yeah. hashtagging. Yeah. yeah. You don't own a hashtag. No, right? Yeah. Get out of here. So so the flip fetish was your personal interest. Yes. Uh and how was that in college? Because did you? How long were you with that boyfriend in um, high school? Up until I left for college. For college. Yeah. So then, but then now you're in like this world where people don't already don't know what sex really is. Everyone's yeah. self conscious about what they're into, who they're into, how they do it with themselves, all the things. And now you've got this extra thing. Mm-hmm. We got a couple things. You know, like yeah. did you did you know you were bisexual at the time? Or? Um, yes, in high school I did, and mm. I actually came out to my parents in high school, and they they were it was the most underwhelming response of any parents ever. They were like, "Okay, sure. great, do the dishes." Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> why do I have to know what you're doing in your sex life? Just keep making straight A's and and do what you're doing. Right. But um, now you've also got to introduce, you know, when you're out there dating in college, mm-hmm. you're introducing like, oh, I have a foot fetish. Or yeah. did, do you not introduce that? I mean, what's that like? Um, I include it into the conversation of, I, I feel like it's part of the conversation of anytime you're heading down the road that there might be a no pants party, uh-huh. then you should just roll out the things. Um, if you're heading down the road that this might be a relationship that's longer than just a couple nights, you should roll out the things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so no, when I was uh, dating, when I and was single in college and stuff, um, I was just always very upfront with, uh, Explore my bisexuality and um, the personal kinks and interests I was in, mm. interested in in the bedroom. Um, it was always something that was very easy for me because, um, I mean, thank God. Okay, you're, you're, I can say something semi-explicit on your podcast. It's, it's uh, the man whore <laughs> podcast. I think true. we opened with rim jobs. That's true. Like, we did open with rim jobs. Yeah. So my, my dear uh, grandmother uh, from the South, when I was growing up and uh, she knew I was sexually active and things like that, she would have this saying where she was like, would talk about, you know, you should always be comfortable uh, to tell the person you're having a relationship with, like anything you need to tell them. Um, and because sometimes women get really caught up in their heads about like, oh, I can't do this. They'll think this, think this, blah, blah, blah. Um, she was always like, if you're comfortable enough to have his dick in your mouth, you should be comfortable enough to tell him anything. Wow. Grandma like- had a lot of wisdom. <laughs> Is grandma single? <laughs> Grandma's that didn't answer the That's question. True. So uh, I don't know. You know what? She's probably she's probably racking up those lovers in heaven. Right now, okay. But it was I really took that to heart yeah. because I really I and I do think that's true. You know, if you're comfortable enough to be mashing up private parts with someone and putting things God knows where, sure. then you should be comfortable enough to tell them what you need to tell them. Whether and if it's about you and who mm. you are as a person, oh my God, that should be number one. So then, so then, how did what did that look like in college when you would roll it out to people? Did it ever just go horribly wrong or Hmm. way too well? (laughs) Um, Well, I think someone um, who was starting a career and has since had a career in the entertainment industry, uh, being told no and hearing rejection is definitely not something that's a big deal to me. Mm. Um, So whenever someone, yeah, but that's easy to say now. But when you're 20 or 18, 19, that's a, it's very different. True. I was a little more timid. I mean, I wasn't like racking up the notches on my lipstick or anything like that. (laughs) Notches on the lipstick. Yeah. Lipstick case, you know, Pat Benatar, that (laughs) reference. I've, you know, I'm. Hit me uh, with your best shot. I, I, you're very ambiguously aged because, like, you, you could be 23, 
and you could just look really good for a much older age. Oh. Uh, so I don't know where you're at, but I'm born in 89. I don't really gotcha. know Pat Benatar references other than that love is a battlefield. Oh, well, that's all I got. with your best shot. Look that one up. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, a, it's, a good, it's a good anthem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, like I said, though, I wasn't racking up lovers left and right sure. in college. Um, I had focuses like academia and things like that. Um, but I was a little more timid because I was, you know, um, still exploring, uh, still seeing what it is that I liked and figuring out how to hit on women and also how to uh, tell really insecure 19-year-old guys what I was into because it was it was really surprising too when I would be like, hey, like, yeah, let's let's get to know each other. Da, 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 da. We're hanging out. And it's like, oh, by the way, I also do this and I also like this. It was surprising. The, the guys in particular that I ended up having relationships with, um, they were always very self-assured, very uh, confident in who they were. They weren't, the, the guys that would run the opposite direction would be the ones that were like on the surface, had all their, like had it all together, were like the popular whatever and um, seemed to be the person that would be like, oh, they understand. But no, not at all. It was usually the guys that uh, were unassuming that that really were more confident, mm -hmm. I think. What was like the worst situation of like explaining the foot fetish the worst someone. situation um i mean to be honest as bad as it got was explaining it to one girl and she's just like oh my god feet gross me out so much i can't even like sure. stand and touch them like oh okay great now do you like people I force them on you of course yeah <laughs> uh so do you like it it's do you like it purely when it's people on your feet or do you like going on to others you're like licking other feet i mean yeah it's a good question um i enjoy people pouncing on my feet uh, with Clearly. consent, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, when it comes to returning the favor, I really it's mostly reserved for sexy lady feet. Okay. Yes. Uh, there have probably been like two gentlemen that have had feet nice enough that I w went exploring. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the point is, what is a good foot? You know, because I've asked mm. this about other parts of the body. Like a lot of times when women you know, sometimes we'll say, oh, you know, he had a great cock. And I'm just like, what, <laughs> what makes it? a great cock? Like, what is, is it the curve? Is it the low? Is it the, the size of the head? Yeah. Is it coloring? Is it the vein? Like, so with feet, mm -hmm. what makes like a sexy foot to you? To me personally, sure. uh, what I like is, you know, lovely toes, nothing too long, not uneven. Uh, um, nails are a big thing for me. Like if, if there's like some messed up nail bed situation going on or like nubbiness, mm. I just don't want to personally put my mouth on it. Um, I love a good high arch. Um, just, you know, that classic sexy curve, like, like a lady's body. Sure. Yeah. It's really nice. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. What is up? Okay, this is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of my uh, fan whores on Patreon. Give y'all a little shout outs right now. Got a really cool group of gals right now. I want to say, I want to say huge thanks to Danielle A, Piper D, and Cats. You three ladies are like fucking big hits in the peep show. Our, our super exclusive naughty picture sharing kick group. Whereas Dove would call it a keek group. Y'all are fan favorites in there. You know, we, we love seeing your pictures. We love seeing your bodies. Thank you for sharing them with us. That's also also very kind of you on top of giving me money every month. So thanks. You're your MVPs. And, uh, and you too can become a member of our fan whore community and even possibly see the bodies of Danielle, Piper, and Katz uh, for as little as $1 per month. 
You get access to exclusive bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast, private fan whore communities, and oh so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash man whore podcast to support your favorite boy whore. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. That's got to be an unfortunate thing because that's uh, the arch isn't a thing you can just like work no. out a lot at the gym and then get that high arch. That's Doing just, a lot of toe points. <laughs> yeah, you can like lose as much weight as you want. You can't change what your foot is going to look like. True, I know. There's all those unfortunate mm-hmm. people that couldn't get into the army for being flat-footed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, or if you have a lot of money, you can just get your dad to say like, oh, you got uh, bone spurs. <laughs> you got bone spurs. Um, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, I think there's a, a definitely some obvious components as to what makes a sexy foot. Okay. Now, what about if we can display your foot just so I can oh, see? Yeah. So what? Absolutely. what is making these feet so great? They look clear to me. The first things I notice as someone who's not into feet, I'm noticing like not blotchy, like the skin is clear. Even like it looks like you moisturize your foot. I do. Um, there's not all the soft actually. Can can I touch? Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, yeah, very soft. soft. You know, they feel like like a hand. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, they feel they feel like a hand. The The toes are are all normal looking. They are. There's you know, the the toes are evenly (laughs) like even heights. Um, I don't have any you know, bunions or corns or anything like that. Uh-huh. Uh, my nail beds are nice. Uh, yeah, I have a nice little yeah. arch like that. Arch goes up. Arch goes up, arch goes down. Yeah, it's... Uh, are there like different types of feet? Like, are there like labels? For the types of feet? Yeah, in a world where we have over-labeled fucking everything. Did you hear about the thing, we- micro-cheating? Which is not a thing, everybody. Don't you dare start using it, but... <laughs> In a world where we like to make up names we for like stuff. We do like to label everything. Have we made up names for different types of feet in the foot fetish community? I'm trying to think if we have some specific terms. Um, or any cool slang lingo. Any slang Anything lingo. that like someone listening right now will be like, ooh, I learned that cool term. I'm going to throw that out in conversation one day. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely an emphasis in the foot world on certain uh, aspects of feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Girls can be that that model. Their feet can be be known for specific things, such as really super wrinkly soles. Um, you know, because not everyone when they scrunch their foot gets these gets these wrinkles, wrinkles. going on. Um, not everyone does. They might have really smooth skin. So some girls get really well known for that. There's a there's a girl that's one of my Babs babes named Dee Dee Rekin. Okay, and uh, she has these like large, uh, meaty soles, but they're just they're meaty just souls. Meaty, like you can just bite into them. <laughs> Just um, like meaty labia, but under her foot. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And oh my God, you know what? I was in a session, a threesome session uh-huh. um, at the boutique recently. And this guy had no idea how to worship souls. And uh-huh. I did an, a whole tutorial with him on my foot, babe, uh, basically comparing it to to eating pussy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And he okay. was like, oh my God, this is so hot. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it is. I'm like, if this is how, but like wh- how he was starting off, I'm like, I would never let you near my my snatch ever if that's if that is your technique mm-hmm. no um so i'm like well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna teach you something yeah. and then your homework is to go home and do this with a lady of your choosing uh-huh. and um, i want to see i want a, re- a report back so yeah. hopefully i'll see him this month and i'll get a good report what, what do these boutique sessions look like because you know you told me like someone says they hired an escort like i know what that looks like i can play that movie in my head really when you s- can is it pretty woman <laughs> Uh no no but just the idea of like you know you know some there's some sort of sex stuff going on there's some penis going in places or mm-hmm. if it's a dominatrix session I can imagine a lot of things I've seen at play parties probably happening for cash in a hotel room uh but a foot fetish session mm-hmm. 
I feel like that could be different things. Yeah, it definitely can. Well, like I was saying before, the the umbrella of foot fetishism is so wide that um, when someone books a session at the boutique, the, one of the first things that we do is we have a phone consultation. Uh-huh. And because immediately what I want to know is what specifically about foot fetishism is it that that really gets them going because it could be anything from clean feet small feet big feet wrinkled soles long toes smelly feet dirty feet mm-hmm. n- nylon stockings sneakers you know it can really run the gamut um some no. guys like to just have feet smothered all over their face some guys enjoy toe sucking for an hour some guys um want to be walked on mm. um it really just depends and so you know i find that a lot of times what people don't realize in the vanilla world is how much communication goes into uh, work like this, yeah. uh, especially with escorts and and especially my pro-dom friends. So much communication is established off the bat so that by the time you show up for your session, you know what to expect, you know how to prepare, and the only thing to worry about is having fun yeah. together. Um, so it really runs the gamut. But that's what happens first. They get a consult call with me mm-hmm. and we talk all about what gets them excited, what gets them going, um, things like that. Uh, I match them with a model um, if they're not meeting with me, obviously. Um, and then from there, they uh, two days before, they get the two super top secret address delivered to them via email. Um, and then they arrive at their appointment time and they're ushered in, into this like foot fetish wonderland (laughs) um, in this private private residency. Um, And they might meet some of the other girls that are waiting for their sessions. They meet me, my business partner. Oh my God, I'm picturing like the bunny house, but with sneakers all over the walls. Yeah, I wish we had sneakers all over the wall. Um, It would probably be heels instead. Yeah, Yeah, or just bare bare feet prints. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is kind of a fun... Disneyland type experience, um, you know, and it's really fun too when fans come in particular because we have clients that find us, you know, off the back YouTube page, or, page or, or things sorry. like that that don't know about uh, our, our bigger brand. Uh-huh. But we have a lot of fans that come to visit. I mean, from all over the world, actually, because um, we only have our boutique open two days a month, every month. So, and that's what we do by reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we've had, because of that, fans have been able to plan and come from the the UK, Scotland, uh, the West Coast, like every, almost every state in the US so far. Right. It's a lot of fun. Because they want, they want Becky's feet or they want Becky's babe's feet. Yes, exactly. And even if they book a, a session with one mm-hmm. of my girls, they get to meet me in the process and Which have is, this whole pre-session, yeah. you know, consultation and, and they get my little, really personal touch. Wow. The whole experience. Yeah. And how much does like a session go for? Like- yeah. Uh, with my foot babes, it's 150 for half an hour and 250 for an hour. And then my rates are double. Because you're, you know, you're Becky. It costs more to be with the boss. Yeah. It costs more to be with the boss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, what about foot jobs? Is that a real thing? What's, is that I mean, a thing, a thing that, that happens in the, in the yeah. boutiques? Is that something <laughs> a guy can get? Um, we like to explain that, uh, we are able to accommodate a satisfying massage anywhere on your body using our feet. Perfect. There you go. There's your answer, everybody. There's your if answer. anyone didn't understand that, you're too dumb to get this service. Thank you very much. Yeah. Because I oftentimes explain that to people and they're like, yeah, the, the response back via email. So can I get a foot job? Right. And I'm like, you are not existing in the reality that prostitution is not legal. Sure. Uh, we want to keep our business open mm-hmm. and you need to read between the lines. Right. 
I and I get that as someone who is like because I'm more of like a happy ending massage person myself. I enjoy like a good massage. It has to be a good massage. I don't want just like eh, I don't want just a hot chick to rub my back and then have me turn over. Like I remember I, us talking about. Oh, right, this. we did. Yeah, yeah, we did because we so, were talking about massage parlors. Right, so I'm yeah. into that, and uh, but I remember what it's like, and so you know, th- I have sympathy for that guy who is especially if they're newer to this, mm-hmm. jumping into like trying to get the firm, do I get this thing? Right. Because as a John- like, I'm paying my money and I want to know that I'm going to get what I what I want. Right. As a John, you're like worried about like, am I going to get ripped off? Am I yeah. going to get the thing that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. You don't want the miscommunication, but you know, you're not even thinking about on their end, like the legalities of things. And, <laughs> totally. and so, yeah, like I, I get that, but I think people just need to get fucking smarter. They do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's true, um, and one of the things that helped me with that, which I know I I have a, I've talked to a lot of sex workers who are not a fan of this site, uh-huh. but I'll tell you this on the John end, a site like the Erotic Review, oh uh huh, huge help, which l- allowing me to take leaps of faith I may have been more nervous to spend that type of money on before because mm-hmm. I've seen that other people have done it. Of course, well I mean. Yelp's popular for right. restaurants. Um, so why not have the same review sites for, for other services? Uh, yeah, no, I actually recommend, I have refer, um, not referrals, sorry, testimonials mm-hmm. from past clients that I always solicit on a regular basis from, from happy repeat customers. I'm always asking them, send a, send a review, send a testimonial. And I kind of keep them in a folder. I have a couple regular clients that are always open to talk to other clients that might have questions as, as a referral. Um, so we're pretty we're pretty open with that. So people that are a little um not well who are a little obtuse not reading between the lines. Sure. I always am happy to come back with a response. You know, I'm happy to put you in touch with a former client yeah. or a regular client of the boutique and they can talk to you about some of the questions you might have. Cuz I'm also sure there are like other foot fetish providers <laughs> who don't yes, say do you know, foot jobs. And, and that's a, a good thing to know, right? Just like there are, say, happy ending massage folks who are going to be like, hey, you know, like, th- like I know happy end massage people, like, they do blowjobs or they do full service. And others, like, yeah. I don't everyone do full their service. Menu. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone everyone, has their everyone's menu. got their menu. Exactly. Uh, um, no, there are a lot of other uh, establishments and, and people out there that, that offer foot fetish services. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of other. Um, there's a lot of other people out there that, uh-huh. that do what we do. Um, they might have the parties. They might be, you know, a girl just posting ads, things like that. Um, there's there's a lot of competition, but, you know, we don't compete. That's also why, like, we decided uh, when I was looking at the market out there, there's a ton of parties. There's a ton of eligible girls. There is no one who is really killing it in a boutique sense, who who's offering that individual, undivided attention, specialized, customized service um, on the scale that we are. And so that's what I really focused on to make a stand out. So that it's never like, oh, I'm going to beat them at what they're doing. It's not, yeah. I'm, we're not even the same race. Right. No, and not to mention you also are like, you have this big channel and you've got yeah. all these like yeah. sex positive <laughs> shows on YouTube and stuff. And also to steal from Pete Holmes, who, who does a podcast called You Made It Weird, uh-huh. uh, people go like, well, what's your, how, what's, how's your podcast interviewing comedians going to make it different? He's like, Cause it's fucking me exactly. doing it. Like it's Becky. Like that's why we're different. Cause you got Becky's touch on it. <laughs> you are exactly right. A hundred percent. Um, and it's so funny though, because the talking about people that aren't necessarily aware of everything. Um, we do have competitors that like make it their freaking life mission to just make things hard for us. Or like, um, I don't know, like we've had, we've had people send girls to castings that work for them just to like get more information about how we operate, like all this weird 
crap that to be honest at the end of the day is just a waste of everyone's time because they're going to come back and deliver what they already know Mm. they're they're going to come back and and realize like what you just said they don't have me at their establishment and we are completely different it's a whole different race a whole different ball game um but they are so (laughs) there's some people that are just really desperate to try and crack this code and like think like oh i name all my girls the same as the boutique girls or whatever it you're is. the it's, lebron it's, of foot fetishes like this you know what and you can't apologize for for being the best sure. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you know something that um stuck out to me earlier when you were talking about your personal interest in foot fetishes and mm-hmm. how that's your own in your own personal sex life and uh-huh. how they're what you've built on say youtube and on social media is different from what is there a word for foot like spanking fetishes have spankos is there like a noun for the call foot people or um we refer to them as foot enthusiasts foot enthusiasts okay is it you know you you mentioned community and before say you've built what you've built what sort of how did that community interact with each other online uh these foot enthusiasts how were they able to do that were are there certain before? are there yeah are there like foot forums are, is there a secret oh. facebook group like is there a <laughs> website people are all a part of before um, this i mean Bef- yeah, there there's a few different resources. There's there's a a forum and site called Woo's Feet Links. Um and that's been a big thing for a long time. Uh where people would go on and, and just discuss various models, various facets of foot fetish. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a bunch of pics that go up there too. There's all of course always like subreddits that sure. have existed <laughs> about feet. Um and then beyond that, you know, girls promoting themselves, that's always been a thing ever since sex work, I think, yeah. went online. Well, not as much um, the finding people say to hire, but more yeah. like the to talk to each oh, other no, yeah. to know that we're not crazy. Totally. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely like I would say like Reddit, we use feet links, um, other online forums that have existed. I think with every kink and fetish there's and since the internet's inception there's there's always going to be um a a place for people to gather to to talk to each other um but what was really interesting is that they might be talking to each other right and it's mostly i'd say this fetish is primarily men uh centric it's Mm. there there are ladies like myself that are interested in feet too but it's um it's not as vast i'd say it's the percentage is much smaller um so what was interesting though is that Yes, guys might be gathering together to talk about their foot fetish, but in true guy style, they're doing it like almost how they do about sports. Like they're watching, they're watching, they're looking at a picture and they're talking to each other about the picture and about foot fetish, but very peripherally, not to each other. Not like, hey man, like... How did you know, it feel when you came out as exactly. a foot enthusiast? Like, there's none of that going on. No, no, not all. They're like, man, I would like, you know, come all over her souls. And this guy's like, yeah, me too. That's amazing. But all of them behind the keyboard just cry and be like, <laughs> I just want to be seen. I just want to be seen. <laughs> so what was really interesting is that when I started my channel um, and it's really expanding in, in on social media platforms, um, I created a lot of engagement, mm. not just with fans to say like, I love you and you're great and yeah. things like that. But no, what, what the big mission was is to really talk to this community, destigmatize, make them feel better, make them feel empowered about what it is they're into, but also give them a place that's safe, um, that is positive, that where it's like, you know, a no judgment zone kind of thing. Um, and give them questions that they might not be even asking themselves, nor have ever really taken the time to even write out the answers to. Mm-hmm. And so before we knew it, like our comment section on YouTube is just full of guys having conversations with me, but also with each other about what's going on in between their ears and and kind of actually for the first time uh really diving into i think 
their own aspects of like their own sexuality. Right. Um, I don't think a lot of guys do that. Maybe unless they're in therapy or something. <laughs> I mean, toxic um, masculinity doesn't really let us do that. We're not no. supposed to have feelings and we're definitely not supposed to share them with one another. Exactly. And, and now all of a sudden we have just thousands and thousands of men who feel confident enough to actually, and, and, and feel like they have, uh, camaraderie enough with each other to actually type onto the internet, you know, uh, I'm really not comfortable with, with talking to my lady about my foot fetish. Like, what would you suggest? Or, um, this is something that I, that has plagued me for a really long time. I don't feel good about myself because of it. Like, how can, how can you guys help me? Um, everything from other guys encouraging, you know, I've been out with my foot fetish since high school. I've never had a problem. Just open your mouth, tell a girl right. she's not your girl, move on. You guys can do it. You know, it's really, it's a very fun uh, experience and a very fun community um, that we've gotten to kind of shine a really big light of positivity on. Um, before that, it was it was not that case at oh. all. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful you got that no judgment area. Okay, so here's what's happening right now. And, and don't fast forward. This is not an ad, I promise. Becky and I recorded an episode. Then we were going to do a bonus episode of the Man Whore podcast for the, for the people on Patreon. We were going to talk about, you know, the, the, the balance of your private dating life and your public life as a sexual content creator. We ended up having a really, really awesome discussion about workplace sexual harassment and boundaries with your fans and some of the stuff I alluded to uh, in the intro. And I thought it was very important. So I decided to take that chunk and put it here. So if you hear her uh, reference a, a different recording, she's referencing the main episode. Then what I did was I took like the last, you know, 15, 17 minutes of the regular recording and I turned that into a bonus episode. So that's why it seems like a possibly weird transition. And I'm going to shut my face and we're going to just, you know, uh, nicely, softly slide right back into this episode. Uh, what I was saying is that being in a long-term uh, open relationship, mm. what's been interesting about it is that um, my my current partner has been with me from the inception of of my work and mm. and this project um, and the build out of it. And so, what's I think that has helped in a lot of ways because um, it's always been and how I am in relationships anyway, very communicative, very um, transparent. Um, he, he was someone that, like we were saying in the other episode, in the main episode, uh, from the get was like, this is who I am. This is my interest. Are you cool? Are you down? Can you jive? And yeah, it's been, it's been great. So that helps a lot. And what's, what's been interesting is that in the new, this newer part of it being, uh, as the project's gotten so much bigger, um, and people <laughs> recognize me at sure. times and things like that has been figuring out, to be honest, about, uh, how to handle fan interaction when we're together like how much how much are like do they inter like does does he interject or not or just hang but most of the time he just hangs back and is mm -hmm. like okay cool do your thing fan um, interaction like people stopping on the street or like at yeah. an event that you're throwing um like stop on the street or sure. like or you know yeah out and about um being recognized usually it's a very brief thing like hi and bye and yeah. oh thank you so much um and then other than that you know it's it's been he's I don't know. It's it's been an interesting roller coaster so far, but really fun and good. I think it would be tragic and like not good if uh, if we weren't so good at communicating with each other mm -hmm. in the process. How long have you been doing the YouTube channel? Um, it started uh, about 
three and a half, four years ago, okay. but really in earnest in, in terms of pushing out consistent seasons mm. uh, two years ago. Okay, cool. And so that yeah. they've seen that. So that's also a significantly long relationship as mm-hmm. well as uh, the show being there themselves. Do you find it in, does, do you like your fans know that you, is it, can it, do you care to say if it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend? I forget if I heard pronouns or not. Oh, we might have already said pronouns. Um, it's, I, I it's just a forgot. Man. Okay. Yeah. So do do your fans know you have a boyfriend or is that a thing you try to keep secret for? I don't keep it secret. Um, I've just... heard porn stars say that they sometimes don't, they want to keep the airs of being single so they seem right. more accessible, but really they have like yeah, a Yeah, no. I mean, you know what? To be honest, it's mostly been a question that... Um, I just either don't answer or like and skate over or I I mostly talk about I've been very open about my views on monogamish style Mm. relationships and uh, being a bisexual woman. So I kind of let people make their own assumptions, Uh, but I don't have it. You know, I don't have a relationship status on my social media page or anything like that. Okay, cool. So so he's not like a part of the like he doesn't have a persona of any sorts like in the in the thing. Um. Well, it's so funny. He actually he's made a cameo before. Yeah, on, on a clip um, that I'll that I'll let people guess which one it is. But okay. he's made a cameo on a on a clip with me. But uh, but no, other than that, he is definitely in the not in the same world at yeah. all. Because and I'm assuming like his whatever he does for work is a, is on a more private, right? Of some uh, sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's definitely not in the fetish industry, right? So at, at all, I. It's just something that I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have we have my producer over here chuckling to himself. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's something to try to balance that whole like private public thing because yeah. like I have that myself and and my show is is definitely like super personal in that like it's literally tracking my dating life in a way. Yeah, which is interesting. And so like my girlfriend like eventually was like named after like we had a conversation we right. talked about it. It was like. Do you want to have a name? Do you not? And mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Like, what can I share? What can I not share? And yeah. Um. And and so that was and it you know it was contentious in the last one. And now mm-hmm. I'm in a I have a new girlfriend who we are now figuring out like what are we gonna say? What are we not gonna say? Right. Yeah. It is. It is really interesting. And uh, we've recently had similar conversations, mostly just in in terms of you know, um. We pretty much have a, a set rule because my project is not necessarily sharing as much as you yeah, do about yeah. your private life. Yours, like you're sharing all the details below the ankles, uh, exactly. but above, like a little less details. A little less details, um, you know. Um, but I'm still very open with my fans and stuff. And uh, if, like I said before, if there's ever a question I don't want to answer because I do these like live Q and A's sure. too. I'm always like, just skip or yeah. use your judgment um, because I'm not really super secretive uh, but I definitely don't want there's crazy people in the world yeah. so for me to be honest the things that I've come up against the most have been less um, in terms of like public private life uh, the most interesting things recently have been less my my personal relationships and more so just navigating um, what it means to be recognizable or so accessible and when i'm when i'm that way and when i'm not and and you know there's crazy people in the world so like little things like i should make sure my my home address is not online anywhere things like that (laughs) for me i gotta say that anymore because i'm pretty sure like my home address was online at some point Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) things like that you know um have been interesting or working at my like my office and people coming up being like hi how are you? I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And I'm like, great. Now, like, I'm just trying to work. Uh, someone, <laughs> um, someone. Oh. Yeah. I mean, well, it's yeah. so funny because, yeah, it's to be to be caught off guard. 
I don't know if you've had that experience. Uh, no, I haven't. I've, I haven't had people stop me on the street yet. But also, I get emails where people don't know what I look like because. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. The album artwork for the show doesn't have my face yet. I, I did photo shoot. We we're going to change it. But right now, if you were listening on your podcast on yeah. your app and you don't follow me on social media, uh-huh. you would have no idea what I look like. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, telemarketers recognize you from your voice. Over possibly, the possibly that. <laughs> but like, I gotta imagine people could be coming on the street to you, be mm-hmm. like, "Hey, like it could be innocent, like yeah." Hey, like oh you're you're becky berardi you love your show or be like hey you're becky berardi i <laughs> well, you love never your know. show you wanted to be the first you wanted to be people that are <laughs> yeah. cool but you know it's, it's just so interesting because um you know doing the kind of work that i do um and people like people making assumptions then that like they can they can just uh now approach you in certain ways because they like instead of being around the bush here's the story okay sure. so <laughs> at my at my office space um it's a co-work style space and so there's a lot of businesses a lot of people I'm there all the time. Uh, we're having meetings, interviews, da, 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 da. People know what I do there uh, and are enthusiastic and supportive. They think it's really fun. They ask me lots of questions like, can you check out my feed? Could I make it as a model on your show? <laughs> Things like that. Which- <laughs> um, it's like the number one question I get from people when they find out what I do. Um, but anyway, long story short, though, is that um, over the holidays or right before the holidays, I actually I got this email from someone that works in my office space um but not sent to my badass becky show account or anything like that Uh, they had tracked me down and found my like personal real name yeah and personal email accounts to send me a message that basically and it's and when i looked them up it's someone that you know i've said like oh hey what's up in the kitchen you know like i know who they are um but they sent me this like wildly inappropriate message that was like hey i recognized you at the office uh, uh, you know and like your persona and and this could work out great because i've actually been a fan of you for a while and i just think we should talk about arranging some you know um after after work meets in my in my office like basically asking to arrange private worship sessions in his office mm-hmm. which i can only assume he meant for free and um it was just wildly inappropriate at, from someone that i thought was someone that i could just you know that was cool now it's something um, you have to avoid yeah and then creating this like weird situation I'm like well do i need to be at the office now by myself at 11 p.m like working late on a project or is it going to get weird like mm-hmm. who is this person so there's been weird instances like that um where that have been surprising because i to be honest am a person that naturally throughout my life always sees the best in people is like insanely optimistic um and so part of uh Part of my project getting bigger, unfortunately, has also really kind of removed a veil from my eyes of really seeing the world for for more of what it is, too, which is good and bad. You know, it hasn't it hasn't brought me down entirely at all. Mm-hmm. It never will. But it's definitely given me some healthy perspective of of people. Yeah. I, and I don't think people really think about sexual, you know, we're in this uh, huge public conversation right now yeah. about sexual harassment oh in the God. workplace. We don't think about, say, co-working space. We no. don't think about the freelancer, or the self-employed who work in these spaces. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's really. Un- well, and it's really interesting um, uh, realizing, too, that just because of the type of work, of work I do, uh, how oftentimes uh, gentlemen in particular, or they're not gentlemen, but men in particular, yeah. uh take that as an open invitation to not have boundaries and take that as an open invitation to um, feel entitled to getting something for nothing or making you feel uncomfortable just because of what you do and just because of the fact that they work in proximity to you or they know something about mm-hmm. you that others might not. Um, 
and it's yeah it's it's interesting uh it's had to you know toughen me up a little bit and be a little more cautious so that's been one of my learning journeys um about this project getting bigger and kind of balancing that personal private life and versus public um it's just being a little more cautious because yeah, yeah. Mo- I, I grew up living my life being like i will give you my coat i will give you a uh. hug i will like <laughs> high five you like i you know I, even if i've never met you before but All then right. um yeah i don't know all of a sudden like having something i guess people want changes things Right. Yeah. And, I, and I've heard this from <clears throat> porn stars and sex worker friends or stripper friends or uh-huh. anyone who does something like in the sexual industry, even if you're just a sex educator, like yeah. thinking that that just means, oh, boundaries down. Like I can just like talk to you about my cock or it'd be like, yeah, not totally. like maybe eventually, maybe we talk like any other conversation with a person if you yeah. flirt your way there. But this, it's like I'm still a person and yep. I still have normal person boundaries. I'm not on the clock with you and even if he was reaching out for a session i would imagine that reaching out for a session that he wanted to pay for would have been maybe fine but the crossing the boundary to like your personal real person email address is like a fucking boundary overstep exactly right well and and like we just we addressed it directly with them and told him exactly what you said like hey man if you want to get a session at the boutique like there's a website to go to to do that yeah i am happy to host you and hook you up with the model of your choice but like you can't be you can't be doing this this out of control stuff. It, yeah, it's not cool. It's concerning. And I think, you know, whether it be like in the workplace, like workplace harassment like that, or just, yeah. again, just being in the sex world, I get shit that sometimes I'm like, you're kind of crossing boundaries that like <laughs> would could have been fine if you had not been so creepy. Right? Men and women alike. I get totally. sometimes I'll get women who send messages. I'm like, I do solicit <laughs> booby pictures. Like, you're welcome to send your tits. <laughs> that's fine. But, you know, they may automatically invite to do some sexual favors where and i'm like oh wow and i'm just like i don't know you or they're it just gets it sometimes gets uncomfortable or they push when i try to like you know do a very kind i get it man whore like you can if you want to hit on me like i I get if you want to hit on, but it's like you know i'm trying to be like yeah no thank you in in, rather than saying like look i don't find you attractive or something right um (laughs) you stranger on the internet So I would I would say I find your mental stability unattractive. Yeah. And your lack of boundaries. Exactly. It's the lack of boundaries. <laughs> that's that's the I unattractive thing the most part. There's oh, a, there's a super hot chick who like yeah. has, you know once was like who's like overstepping boundaries in DMs and I'm just mm. like this could have been so well if you weren't acting like a crazy person right? who doesn't know me. But that's the thing is when we put our lives on the internet yeah. to you know as much or as little of a personal lives that we put on there, people feel like they know us. That's and it's true. like you don't you like you know me i don't fucking know you and you always have to remember that when you're interacting with a person whose content (laughs) even if it's a celebrity when people absolutely well you say a friend a friend of mine always reminds me that fans comes from the word fanatic and god yeah that makes me so much more uncomfortable having a fan knowing that (laughs) that almost ruins the concept of fans to me okay yeah no it's true but i mean it's more so just for perspective like i said before because like for me i'm so naturally like yes everyone i love you here's my life come come give me a hug um but uh yeah every once in a while you do you get you get fans that um that don't aren't necessarily like seeing things clearly they're not thinking in reality they've gotten to that place where they they do they think what is out online is a hundred percent uh exactly who you are that you know i'm sure you know it's people that probably think that i am literally sitting around every single day with nothing to do except slaves worship my feet and i'm wearing like you know my bubblegum pink jumpsuit and like prancing around cleaning my house with a vacuum while i'm pointing my toes and and they think that's all i'm doing and why can't i answer their 
back-to-back string of 15 emails immediately that addresses all of their concerns from childhood to now. Like, yeah. why? Why? And uh, it's because they're not, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, something's missing. They're not, that. they're thinking so much about their own excitement mm-hmm. that they're forgetting that the person they're talking to is a, is a person. Exactly. Because it doesn't mean like, I, I won't speak for you, but like, I love getting, I love waking up and seeing multiple emails from listeners. Like that's, oh, those are exciting. my, those are my favorite mornings. Yeah. But it's the ones where like, People are slipping into like DMs. <laughs> yes. People who friend me on Facebook uh-huh. when there is a there's a Man or Podcast fan page. Yes. That is not my private Billy Presida Facebook <laughs> account. Right. You know, people who cross those boundaries, like that's the stuff that makes me like a little uncomfortable. Exactly. No, the fans that I have that, and there's a ton yeah. of them that I that follow the proper channels, that respect my time, that that love what I do, um, that know that even if I'm not getting back to their fan mail until a couple days later, mm-hmm. that they're still like cool. They're, you know, those are the fans that I, that I love. They're, they're doing every, they're respecting boundaries. They uh, are enthusiastic about the work, you know, um, as much as uh, there are fans that say that this work that I've done has really truly changed their lives. And even saved relationships with with their partners because they can talk to them about what they're into. Like that is such a powerful thing for me. And, you know, for them to take time out of their day to send me a lovely message through the proper channels um, to tell me like how grateful they are, I am happy to send them something back and, you know, create a, a fan relationship with them and, and continue correspondence because they're showing me respect and I want to show them respect. It's it's mutual. And I'm sure the ones who have been more respectful, maybe do you have like any personal, like, f- and I'm going to use friendships in quotations. So <laughs> I know they can't see that. So I want to make sure they know it's in quotations. It's quotations. But it's a quotations friendship. Fan friendships. <laughs> yeah, fan friendships. That's yes. a great, that's a better fan way to friendships. say it. Fan friendships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because they were respectful about it and went through the right channels. Absolutely. Um, there's one that comes to mind in particular, actually. So I have this... Uh, a virtual street team, so to speak, uh, <laughs> called Foot Soldiers, and um, it's a group of of gentlemen that are that are fans of mine that basically um, help me with everything from uh, posting content across social media platforms to uh, like one guy helped me set up my Wikipedia page because you need someone else to do that. I need um, one of those. They're they're fantastic. They're they're, <sighs> they're basically like my top ten percent of most engaged fans yeah um and in return like they can send me emails they get double entry into like all of my like photo contest raffles like all these all these incentives Uh. so one in particular um he has a a page on instagram called gorgeous feet pics uh his name's matt and uh he started off as one of my foot soldiers he takes pictures of feet things like that we just kind of casually got to know each other through through that and him helping me out but never really talking or anything like that he won one of my photo contests so Winning the photo contest that he won, it was a 30-minute coffee date with me in the city, like a meet and greet. Wow. Yeah. And so met him. We like hit it off. Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Conscientious, respectful. Um, You know, we talked about his photography, but he wasn't like, so, you know, like, um, you know, can I I shoot pictures of your feet sometime? Can we set something up? Let's get something on the calendar. Like, boundaries were, like, well-respected. and he was just a nice guy. And then from there, long story short, now he's like our in-house, you know, second resident photographer for mm-hmm. the project. Because and he's on set all the time with us, uh, snapping fantastic pics. His pics actually like get some of our highest numbers on Instagram. Um, and we've helped him in return build his Instagram page up. Like he just surpassed 10k. Mm-hmm. In uh, and before when he started, it was like a couple months ago. Like what, what was it like two or something like that? Yeah, something down. So. Um, 
but so, yeah, no, he's become he's become yeah a, a wonderful fan friend. So what you're saying best. is if I respect your boundaries enough, you can get me ten thousand followers on Instagram. That's all I heard. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. You know what? It's possible. It depends <laughs> on how much feet you want on your page. <laughs> I, I just thought that that was like a really important thing to cover because um, yeah. I just uh, I don't think people think about that. And uh, mm-hmm. I know I didn't until I've until I heard, say, celebrities on stuff, you know, talk about that. Yeah. yeah. No, it was it, it's been great. Um, I'm sure how so the lady that you're with right now, she's she's more open about what what goes on the podcast than your previous. We're one? actually supposed to have the conversation this upcoming weekend because oh. I told her. I, I announced it to my <clears throat> my Patreon supporters through their little uh, people who give me five dollars a month or more get a little thank you letter in the mail every month and with a dirty haiku. Oh, um, this month's haiku was about <laughs> rim jobs. It's actually like probably my best dirty haiku I've ever sent. All today has been about rim jobs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's really whole. Uh, I refer. Uh, yeah, so in that one, I announced that I, like, hey, I'm gonna exclusively let y'all know uh-huh. before I tell anyone I've got a girlfriend now. Oh, and so they know, and I want to make the announcement. Um, on an upcoming show. Yeah. I want to make it next week. I think I just kind of made it um, just now. Depending on when this comes is, out, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, this is going to come out before. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> the fact that I have a girlfriend's... I'm my bit. I'm allowed to say that. That's fine. Uh-huh. But I want to say, like, what are your boundaries? Like, what can I say? Do we need a nickname for you? Should I just call you oh, by yeah, your those first are great letter? Questions. Do you, can I just say your name? Like, we've talked about social Do media. Do you not even. want me to tag you in photos on social exactly. media? Exactly, and like it goes down to that. Exactly. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you I have know, to ask questions of which pictures I can post because yeah. my private Facebook's one thing because uh-huh. I do have it set to private, but you know things that are on my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and and she's had people who have inter- interacted with her on Twitter yeah. because they'll see me retweet her. Oh. And so sometimes you know people have DM'd them and right. and said like, "Hey, I saw you guys are in a fight." You know, can <laughs> and, and it's just like it's sweet, but that's the big. I haven't even made an announcement and people are already doing oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, and and for for me like I keep I keep my personal and my professional mm-hmm. so separate. Um like yeah, my partners uh, aren't retweeting or yeah. sharing on Facebook stuff from my page, from my business page. Right, <laughs> like right. it's just No. Keep them very separate and I keep this world where it is. For um, sure. Yeah, there's obviously like natural bleed over that happens at times just just cuz but for the most part, yeah. For me, it's been working best to keep them fairly separate. That's great. Yeah. Oh, Becky, um, you're <laughs> yeah, you're fantastic. Um, where can people find you and the Badass Becky Show and all like your fantastic things? All my things. Yeah, absolutely. So my show is on YouTube. The channel is called The Badass Becky Show. Uh, if you go there and check out videos, please be sure to obviously subscribe and also leave me a sweet comment so that I know that you found me on uh, the Man Whore Podcast uh, and that you listened in. Uh, you can also go to my website, which is www.badassbeckyshow.com uh, I'm also on all the social medias. Uh, Instagram is at badassbeckyshow. Twitter is at badassbeckyshow. Uh, Seems I'm, to be a theme. Uh, I are, know. You know what? They... I'm very brand conscious. <laughs> brand conscious. You can't, you can't be confusing My Amazon referral link is badassbeckyshow. Yeah, to be honest, sometimes I just tell people Google badassbeckyshow. Yeah. All the things will come up. At least five pages of me will come up. Fantastic. So Everyone, go follow her on the things. Uh, she's great. And uh, uh, all my Patreon supporters are going to hear a wonderful little bonus episode tomorrow. Ooh, but I for now, it. I want you to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. <gasps> Bye, everybody. It was a pleasure. And thank you, Billy. Oh, this was so much fun. Thank you. Wait, does, the, does the man with the with the, the, the cue cards want to say goodbye? Nah, he's waving nah. off. He's out. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Thank you.
Ooh, fun episode with Becky Berardi, right? Yeah. Makes you want to go like scrape off the calluses off your feet, though, I bet. Uh, wow, really fun show. Again, go check out the Badass Becky Show on YouTube. Uh, she's got a lot of great content out there. Of course, you know where to find me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Persita. Say hello. Say something. Say uh, say some nice words. Some some non-threatening nice words that respect boundaries. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, say hello. Let me know what you thought about this week's podcast. Use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast to let me know what you thought about the show. Join the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. I also like to post uh, exclusive pictures and uh, relevant links to that week's episode, as well as very important announcements for all you Reddit folk. That's r slash podcast. Oh, uh, another friendly reminder, please, if you have any questions for the 200th episode of the Man Whore Podcast, anything you would like these two gals to be asking me on your behalf, email 200 at manwhorepod.com. It's the, the numbers 200, not the word 200, okay? Last but certainly not least, become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon. Help us reach that stretch goal of $1,000 by April 16th, and I will release an additional free Man Whore podcast episode every month for everybody. Do your part to make that happen and pledge today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T, R-E-O-N dot com slash Manwhore Podcast. Next week, uh, I will be in Las Vegas covering the AVN Awards surrounded by a a lot of porn stars. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, But, you know, tune into my social media to see updates on that. But until next week, uh, don't forget to wash your feet, uh, make make those things look good, and stay slutty. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.